All right, everybody, welcome. Glad to have you guys here at New Life. Are you guys excited to be at New Life Church today? Yeah. You know what I love about that? I can only hear the people in the front row, so I'm going to assume that everyone in the back row is still cheering. That's good. That's good. In fact, you guys were so loud here, I couldn't hear the people cheering down in the venue. So I want to say a big hello to everybody that's worshiping with us down in the venue, uh, as well as uh, a massive hello to all of you that are out at our North Platte location today, worshiping God on this Thanksgiving weekend. Thank you so much for being here. I know that many of you guys, um, you know, could be visiting today as, you know, you're extending the, the Thanksgiving weekend and maybe you're leaving today after church. Thank you again uh, for taking time out of your holiday weekend to come and to worship God. I know that there's a lot of things that happen on a Thanksgiving weekend, and I hope and pray that this was a Thanksgiving weekend that you would actually want to do again. See, that's the secret to holidays. Have a holiday weekend that you're actually like, wow, I would like to see that one again. Instead of the holiday weekends that you're like, whoo, glad that one's over. I hope and pray that that's not what you had. Uh, I hope that you had one that was like Kim and I, one that we would definitely want to do again. Praise God for those kinds of, uh, those kinds of moments. But today we are wrapping up our current teaching series that we've entitled From Here to Eternity. From Here to Eternity. Yes, and for some of you, your prediction was wrong. Um, the series will not last all the way to eternity unless Jesus comes back somewhere in the middle of the sermon, um, which is all possible, by the way. Uh, but uh, this series is wrapping up today, and then we're going to be launching into a new teaching series of which you heard about during our announcements, The Star War. You're going to want to be here for that. Well, in wrapping up our teaching series from here to eternity, it was, it's really all focused on your spiritual journey and how we see your spiritual journey in really four critical stages. They're simple to identify, um, and it's, it's an easy way for all of us to understand, you know, kind of where are we at in our relationship with God. And then once you know where you're at, you're not lost anymore. Now, now you can actually set a trajectory, you can set a course, you can, you know, <clears throat> alter your, your compass heading, if you will, spiritually, so that you can get where you want to go. We want to help you get to one place, and that is to the center of God's will for your life. Uh, that's really the, the fourth stage. It is, you know, learning to live at this give-it-all lifestyle. So if you haven't been here these other weeks, or maybe you have, I just want to maybe quickly refresh you on what are these four stages of your spiritual journey. And to, and to show you what those are, please don't forget, we use a simple tool here that we call the circle to true life. Turn to someone and say, the circle to true life. The circle to true life. The circle to true life is exactly what you thought it was. It's a circle. Now, as every good student learned in first grade, if you're going to draw a circle, you want to close the loop. All right. So that's important because if you're going to draw a circle about your spiritual journey, make it, make it something of excellence. Now, everyone starts their spiritual journey outside of the circle. Outside of the circle is what we refer to as man's world, where man tries to live as the king of his own little universe, of his own little world, you know, ruling himself and ruling all of the things that he has around him. That, that's a very selfish place to live, but that's man's world. Inside of the circle is easily and quickly defined as the kingdom of God, all right, the kingdom of God. Now, in the kingdom of God, where are, we trying to, where are we trying to live in the kingdom of God? This aimlessly, anywhere, just doing our own thing? It's just that we've now stepped across the line and we're in the kingdom? No, we're trying to get all of us, including myself, to a place where we can live at the center of God's will for our life. The very center. At that place where we're most maximized, 
where you know you sense the presence of God most intently, where you know you are utilizing your gifts, your talents, and your abilities to their maximum potential. Um, where you and God are in a synchronized unity with one another to accomplish the king's will. Because in the kingdom, there's a king, and his kingdom has a will. And that will for your life is different than man's kingdom and man's will. And our whole spiritual journey is trying to lose the temptation and the desire to live according to man's will and start living according to God's will. Now, to, there's, a big, there's a big shift that has to happen from getting from you know, man's world into God's kingdom. And that really deals with our first stage of our spiritual journey that we refer to simply as this. You've got to step over this line of faith. It's faith in Jesus that gets you out of man's world into God's kingdom. That's our first stage. We know here at New Life... We have people at you know, any, any of our venues every single Sunday, people that have yet to step out of man's world into God's kingdom. And that's really one of the main purposes of the church. One of the main purposes of the church is supposed to be helping people find a relationship with Jesus that radically transforms their life for eternity. <clears throat> and it's also meant to encourage or to strengthen people's journey once they've stepped across the line and they're into the second phase of their spiritual journey, which we've defined as walk. Like any baby, babies learn how to walk after they crawl. And when they begin to walk, just like in your spiritual, in your spiritual journey, we walk and we're not very steady. And the reason for that, as Pastor Chris showed us last week, is because God's center of his will is pulling us towards himself, but there's also this pull from man's world. That's pulling on us, and it causes this wobbling to take place at the beginning stages of our spiritual journey. We want to help you lose that and start learning how to walk, what we say, walk steady. Walk steady in your spiritual journey, where you're starting to get some spiritual foundation underneath you, where you can start making some traction and make some headway. And there's many of you that are here today, that's where you're at in your spiritual journey, and we want to help that. But then there's this critical thing that takes place, where there's this 90-degree turn that happens, and at this 90-degree turn, then we're headed in a direction. That's really called running. That's the next stage of your spiritual life where, you know, you've gone beyond the walking. Like every kid, they want to start running spiritually. But you've got a little wisdom. You've got a little knowledge underneath you. And you want to start applying it to your life. And you're starting to see some pretty, you know, rapid transformation in your spiritual life. You're starting to lose some of the key desires of sin. You're starting to gain some key, you know, uh, knowledge of who God is and the working of his spirit in your life and letting the Holy Spirit really dominate and start to control you. And you know, your thoughts are more Christ-centered. Your actions are more Christ-centered. Your desires are more Christ-centered. But there's this 90-degree turn running, and we want to teach you how to run straight, straight to the center of God's will, which leads us really to stage four of your spiritual journey. And that is giving it all. Giving it all away. You know, um, we sing a song around here, giving it all away, right? And then we end it with, hey, 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 hey. All right? That lifestyle of giving it all. One of the things I've noticed over the years of being in ministry is that there's a lot of, a lot of believers that are wanting to live at the center of God's will, but there's even a, there's a journey that happens at the center of his will. Uh, one, of those, one of those journeys is what I would refer to as an elliptical 
an elliptical journey, meaning that you're close, but then you're far, and then you're close, and then you're far, and then you're close, and then you're far. And there's this, there's this never-ending independence that wars inside of us. It's constantly wanting to pull us away from the center. And then there's this drawing, this wooing, this convicting voice of the Holy Spirit who's wanting to pull us back to the center. And there's this ebb and this flow like the tide it takes the ocean in and it takes it out. I would say to you that th- that is a lifestyle that many Christians live. But I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you today that that's not even the lifestyle that Christ died on the cross for us to live. Oh, it's, it's Christ-centered and it's at the center of his will and we're growing in our, you know, our, our relationship with him and our lives being transformed. But this independent nature that keeps pulling us away, he even wants to conquer that. The second, the second kind of journey that I see people taking at the center of God's will, though, is devastating. And when this journey lives, lives itself out to you know, a full maturity, it really ends in more death than it ends in life. It's the person who is, you know, at the center of, of God's will, has kind of grown there over the years in their spiritual journey, but then they grow really comfortable. They, they grow in this false security. They grow into this mindset as if they were the ones that got themselves there. They start looking down on everyone else. They start judging others in their spiritual journey. You know, they, they feel like they've They've memorized enough scripture and they know all the words that the church sings enough that they can close their eyes and they've got them, they've got them down by memory. You know, they, they feel like they've given enough financially and maybe even given enough spiritually and now it's just time to coast and it's time to ride. That, that I'm overly confident and very, very comfortable. And those people end up on this, what I would call a escape trajectory, an escape a trajectory, which means that they're, they're here, but they're, they're, going, they're going so quick because it's really not crisis at the center, it's them at the center, and then pretty soon it's, they escape right out of the, the gravity of God's grace that's been pulling them to the center. God will allow us to do that. Notice they're still in his kingdom. God's desire will still be to pull them back to the center. There is a journey that I believe is very, very much more productive for us, if I can put it that way. It's, it's more healthy. It's a, it's a, you know, concentric circles that if this is the center and you come in and, and you start circling around the center of God's will and, and it's almost like every orbit of that, every year that goes by, every month that goes by, you keep finding yourself drawing in closer and closer to the center. You know, like as if a satellite was, you know, in in the upper earth's atmosphere and orbiting around the earth and it was slowly being pulled down towards the earth because of the gravity of the earth and pretty soon it entered into the lower atmosphere of the earth. What happens to the satellite? It starts to decay, right? It starts to fall apart. It starts to burn up. Those those concentric circles of orbiting around God's spirit and focusing in on his spirit continually desiring for everything of your life to be to revolve around him everything that you own everything that you have every gift and talent and ability that you are revolving around him until finally you burn up in the atmosphere of God and your life is consumed by him I would say to you that is healthy and that's what we're as a church trying to help you get to that place we're wanting you to get there 
this give-it-all lifestyle, this at the center of God's will, it's different than the other three stages of your spiritual journey. One of the main differences is, is at that center, it's at that give-it-all lifestyle that you become part of the mass of God's gravity. You become part of the solution. Your story is a powerful story of how you got to the center of God's will and how you've been burnt up in the atmosphere of God that no longer that I should live, but that Christ would live in me. That's the journey of every believer. That should be our journey here today. It's God, draw me so close that, you, that, the, that the desires of sin are burnt up. That the desires of this world are consumed. That's what we want to help you with. That's what we want to help you get to. That's where we want to help you stay. That's what our church is designed for. We want to help you get to the center of God's will for your life, where it's no longer you that live for your desires, but it's Christ living in you and through you for his desires. So if that's what's in your heart today, if there's any kind of inkling inside of you that says that's attractive, I would love to be a part of that. I would love to see God do something radical in my life like that. Then hold on. Because today is going to help you understand maybe what that kind of lifestyle needs to look like. If you want to get to the center of God's will and you want to stay at the center of God's will, there's a few things I want to walk, walk through with you today. First off would be this. you got to seek revelation through the Bible. Seek revelation through the Bible. The psalmist, he, he put it this way. In Psalms 119, he says, remember your promise to me. Basically saying it to the Lord. Remember your promise to me, Lord. It is my What? My only hope, right? Your promise, it, what does it do? It revives me. And what else does it do? It comforts me in all of my troubles. Seeking revelation through God's word is like seeking the promise of God. It's already been written. God's word should be the one thing in our life that sustains our passion. It should be the one guiding light in our life that, you know, causes us to like draw in and stay and maintain this close relationship with God. If you're using anything else to sustain your passion, it's a fuel that's going to burn out. But God's word, this fresh revelation of God's word every single day, day in and day out, this little pieces of it, man, it is, it's something that will draw you into the center of God's will and keep you there. Nothing else will do it. If you're, if you're relying on a spouse to be passionate for Christ, and so that, you know, that spouse will help you become more passionate for Christ, that will only last so long. If you're, if you're relying on one of our worship leaders at, you know, one of our, one of our venues to, you know, get up and be inspirational and be passionate for Jesus, and it causes you to be passionate, well, that will only last for a moment, and then it fizzles out. If you're relying on some radio station or, you know, some song to maintain you, I'm telling you, those things will, they'll come and they'll go like the wind, But God's word is faithful and it's strong and it's stable and it reveals to us his very promise. And the promise of God that's found in his word will hold you, will hold you close to him. God's word can sustain your passion. You gotta search for God's word as if you lost a fortune in it. As if you lost a fortune in it. If you lost $100, how hard would you search for the $100? Just tell me this. If you lost $100, how hard would you search for it? If it was lost in your house, what would you do? Would you move furniture away? Would you, you know, tip the couch over? Would you, you know, pull up the rug? Would you grab the grandchildren by their ankles and see if it falls out of their pocket? Of course, you would do whatever it takes to find $100. 
Search for fresh revelation of who God is in his word as if you lost a million dollars in it. As if you lost a million dollars in it. Because that's the value of God. And that's the value of God's word. Search for it like you lost something in it. Now, when you search for it, let me just tell you, search, search for three basic things. First off, when you read God's word, ask this first question, like, what does this say about God? So the first thing you should be doing when you're reading God's word is going, what does this tell me about the character and the nature of God? What does it, what does it show me about who God is? Because our, our whole agenda is to know God more. Because if we know God more, then we know how we're supposed to live. So when you read scripture and you're looking for a fresh revelation, ask yourself that question first. What does this passage say about God? Secondly, we're going to follow a very simple pattern that Jesus said were the most important commandments on the planet. When you read God's scripture, the second question you should be asking yourself is this. How does this scripture help me love God more? How does it help me love God more? It's a very simple question. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the number one commandment. So when you look at the promise of God and you're seeking for revelation, you should ask yourself, how does it help me love God more? The second thing Jesus said, though, was this, love your neighbor as yourself. When you read God's word, you should be asking yourself, how does this help me love others more? Because God's word wants to alter and change your life. And one of the things he wants to do is help you love others more. Notice it's not, you know, fill your life with all kinds of wisdom and knowledge so you can beat up others with God's word. It's so how you can love others with God's word. Those are three critical things to let God's word continue to be a fresh revelation for you that focuses your attention on the center of his will and keeps drawing you in closer and closer. But what else will it take to keep you at the center of God's will? And the second thing maybe would be this abandonment to God's spirit. Abandonment to God's spirit. It's this giving up control. It's this complete surrender to God and to his spirit and to his ways. Now, I don't know if this has ever happened to you. You know, looking at this crowd, I can probably tell that a few of you have had to go through this, but not all of you. But have you ever had to spread eagle before on a police car? Don't nudge anybody next to you. I had to do it once in all of my life. All right, don't judge me for that. I was not guilty. Um, I was 16 years old, though, all right? So, you know, that tells you a lot already. So I'm 16 years old. I'm spread eagle on this car, and uh, I, probably, I probably looked a lot, you know, like this, like, oh, right? I'm shaking, just out of control, like, what in the world's going on? But when they, when they do the spread eagle, you know, they, they really, they take their foot and they kick your legs apart from each other, and then your hands are here, and you're just, you're just kind of, hanging out there, right? Uh, it's not the best position that you want to stay in forever, but why do they do it? They do it to take your fight away. They take, they take, they take you and put you in, in a vulnerable situation so that the police officer is in a more powerful situation and so that they can search you and find out what's going on. Abandonment to God's spirit is like spreading eagle to God. It's going, I give up my control. I surrender my control and I give it away to you. From a scientific perspective, as we've been looking at the center of God's will as, you know, a mass of gravity, it would be you, you know, less, lessening the velocity of this world, lowering the, the importance of this world, turning your attention 
purposefully away from the desires of this world, slowing your pursuit down of it so that you can burn up in the atmosphere of God. There should be this desire inside of us to follow the conviction of the Holy Spirit right into the center of God's will. The psalmist, again, he wrote it this way in Psalm 73. Whom have I in heaven but you? It's a question mark. Who do I have in heaven but you? I desire you, God, more than anything on earth. Now listen, I've got loved ones that have passed away. One of the things I know about heaven is this. I'm not going to heaven to see them. That might be part of the bonus. I, I desire to be in heaven because Jesus is there. That should be our number one desire. And then in return, I desire you more than how many things on earth? The psalmist said anything on earth. Right? If you had to finish that statement for yourself, how would you finish the statement? Lord, I, I, desire, I desire you more than what on earth? What would you put in there for yourself? I desire you more than what? Would it be money? I desire you more than, would it be fame? I desire you more than maybe my own health? I, I desire you, God, more than, could it be Family? What is it? What is it that the Holy Spirit's telling you? Insert that word in there because that's the piece I'm trying to get at. That's the piece I'm trying to, you know, uh, decay in your life. That's the kind of thing I'm trying to put as second so that I can be first. Till, till we get to the place where the psalmist says, I desire you, God, more than anything. More than anything. That's what it means to be abandoned to God's spirit. Did you know that's where God wants to get you? He wants you to get, he wants to grow you to the place where you, you fall apart in his atmosphere until you get to a spot where you're just going, God, I desire you more than anything. I pray that's where you want to be today. I pray that's the desire in your heart where you want to grow today. God's wanting to get you there because this give it all lifestyle is required and it's just between you and him. It really has nothing to do with anyone else. Other people can live their life the way they want to, but it's between you and him. He wants all of your attention. He wants all of you. Why? Because other people are counting on you. Other people are looking at you and your lifestyle, and they're wondering to themselves, am I going to follow Jesus? And they're basing it many times off of the way you and I live. Which really brings me to point number three. And that is, if you want to live at the center of God's will, then live a lifestyle of sharing your faith. A lifestyle of sharing your faith. It's, it's vital to keep you at the center of God's will. Never lose your passion for souls. Never lose a passion to see other people grow in the knowledge and the understanding of a relationship with God. Never lose that. In all of your days, never lose it. There's a simple passage that we quote often. It's found in, in Romans, actually. Romans chapter 6. It says this, that for the wages of sin is death, But the free gift of God is what? Eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Find your greatest joy in helping others discover what eternal life is. Eternity, being lived in God's presence. See, for many of you that are here and listening to my voice in one of our locations today, if you've given your life to Jesus, for you, eternity with God has already started. But there's many of you that are here and listening to me today 
that eternity, eternity with God for you has yet to start. Yet to start. We need to be living lives that are so attractive that those that are hearing us today that aren't in a relationship with God would want to give their life to Jesus. They should see us in our worship and in our passion be so contagious that it causes them to go, I want what they got. I want to live my life the way they live their life. It's not a perfect lifestyle. It's not that you, you know, you're free of all the temptations of sin. It's just one that's being lived with Jesus as the king. If you call yourself a Christian, you're in God's kingdom. And that means he's the king. What he says, it goes. And you know what he desires? He desires that none would perish, but all would have eternal life, and that everyone would live in a relationship with him. You know, one of the statistics that just blows my mind is this. Those people that live at the center of God's will, they, they attract more people into God's kingdom than, than the other three stages of your spiritual journey added together. Yeah. That means that the person that was living in man's world and they crossed over the line into God's kingdom and they've got all their friendships out here in man's world, they're, they're like a billboard. They're attractive for a moment and it lasts for a period of time. And then if you leave that same billboard in the same spot, then pretty, pretty much people stop looking at it. And so they got to move it and they do something different with it. The person that's living at the center of God's will here that's a person that's more spiritually stable. And that's a person that's living a lifestyle that's attractive to the world. And they're going, man, I, and that's, that's a person that is reaching out and they're going, hey, I want to help you live in this relationship with God. They are the kind of person that can take you along on the journey. What kind of church do we want to have? We want to have a church that's full of people living at the center of God's will that are reaching back out across the line. And they're going, hey, I know the journey. I can help you get here. We, we need a church full of people that are living at the center of God's will that when people step over the line, they can grab their hand and they can walk them through that stage and they can help them run and then they can help them give it all. It's called discipleship. It's what we're called to do. And so here at New Life, starting in February of 2016, you're gonna find us rolling out some orientation courses. These orientation courses are not the whole answer. They're just part of the solution. But if you're in that first stage, that area where you're walking out here, this, this zone where you need to learn how to step over the line of faith, we're, gonna, we're rolling out some material that's going to help you deal with the questions that you're asking. You're going to be looking for symbols like this, this step symbol. And when you see that step symbol, those tools and those resources are designed to help you wrestle with the questions, wrestle with the theology of God to help you actually step over the line of faith. Now, once you've made that commitment to God and to his kingdom, then you're in the next stage, which is called walk. And we have some courses rolling out for that in February of 2016 as well that will help you learn how to walk. So look for that symbol. Um, and if you're new in your faith with God, we want to teach you and help you learn how to walk steady. We want to get some spiritual legs underneath you. Get some strength to your, to your body. Get some strength to your spiritual body so that you can start taking on some of the struggle, some of the battle of what it means to be a Christian and then have some victories in your life as well. But maybe you're in that third phase and man, you've, you've had some experience of what it means to, to walk in relationship with God and you're in that run stage. 
We want to we help you make that 90-degree turn and be running to the center of God's will and not just running aimlessly. So again, you're going to want to look for an icon or a symbol that looks like that, a running man, and we want to teach you and help you learn what it means to run straight to the center of God's will because ultimately we're trying to get you to this stage, which is the give-it-all stage. Inside of the circle is the cross because Christ is the king of his kingdom. To give it all, it just kind of wraps up this whole from here to eternity, this circle to true life and what it means to live centered on Christ. And you know that when you get, and when you're at that kind of spiritual stage, you do realize there's still a lot to learn and there's still a lot to grow in, right? Like in this journey that we are in with Christ, we never, ever stop growing. The Holy Spirit is constantly on work, at work within us, pulling us closer and closer to God. And he's pointing out things in our life. He's going, let that burn up in my atmosphere. Let that be consumed by the gravity of my grace. That's what he's doing. We want to help you do that. So if you don't know where you're at in one of these four spiritual stages, we've created what we call the navigation survey. It's a spiritual survey that asks you 14 critical questions and at the end of those 14 critical questions, it, it gives you the results and it shows you um, in general, kind of like where are you at in this spiritual journey? And that's important because once you know where you're at, then you know maybe what course to go to. You know, you know what maybe missions trips to take. You know what kind of life groups to jump into because you'll see these icons showing up more and more and more over the years as we just keep you know, helping people take their spiritual journey and take it serious and go someplace with it. If you want to take the navigation survey, it's actually online right now. And you can go to mynewlifechurch.com and you can sign up and you can take it right there. So these are some things that we're wanting to help people do. There's many, many other things about what it means to live this give-it-all lifestyle. Let me highlight a couple of those because they're found in biblical lifestyles. So I'm going to dive in really quick. I'm just going to quickly go through some examples of of people that are in the Bible that are living this give-it-all lifestyle and maybe some of the things that God might be trying to say to you today that you could apply immediately and start practicing right now. The first one I would highlight for you is a guy by the name of Jacob. Jacob is found in the book of Genesis and he wrestles with this angel all night long. Listen to what the converse, how the conversation goes as morning begins to come. Then the angel said, let me go, Jacob, for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. There's a persistence that's needed in this give-it-all lifestyle. In this lifestyle of Christianity where Christ is going to truly be the king and the things of the world are going to drift away, you've got to realize today there is a persistence that's needed. There's got to be a tenacity of where you grab a hold of God and you're going, I'm not going to let go of you no matter what happens. No matter what takes place in this world, no matter where my life goes, I'm not letting go of you. There's going to have to be that kind of attitude inside of you that just goes, God, I'm persistently hanging on to you. Or maybe it's more like Moses in Exodus chapter 33 where it's time for Moses to lead God's people in the desert. And Moses refused to go anywhere unless God goes with him. There's this unquenchable hunger inside of Moses that although he's a man who knows God, and he knows God more than most men who ever walked on the face of this earth. There's still this desire that says, I'm not going to live another day, God, unless your presence is with me. That's what it means to live a give-it-all lifestyle before God. God, I'm not going to go into work on Monday unless your spirit goes with me. God, I'm not going to make this critical decision unless your spirit leads me and guides me. 
Then there's also Abraham, who waits decades for the promise of his son Isaac to come. And when his son Isaac comes, he starts to grow up, and then God says this, hey, Abraham, take him up onto the mountaintop and sacrifice him to me. I know it sounds brutal, but we'll do that. And Abraham packs up his son with all of his gear and starts heading up the mountain. And he's willing to, he's willing to give his best away to God. God goes, hey, listen, Abraham, I see your heart, man. There's no need for that. Here's a ram. I provided a ram for a sacrifice for you. But God's looking for us in this give-it-all lifestyle to live it with the attitude of saying, basically, God, the best that I have, it's yours. What's the best that you have? What is the very, very best that you own? What's the very best that you possess on this earth? And then ask yourself the question, does it really belong to God or does it belong to me? It needs to belong to God. Give him your best. Maybe it's like the widow who Jesus is watching people give one day, which is, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Jesus is sitting there watching people give. How would you like it if I just sat up here while the ushers took the offering and just watched you give? But that's what Jesus was doing one day. And he notices this widow who's doing something phenomenal. Take a look at what he says in Mark chapter 12. And Jesus called his disciples to himself and he said these things to them. I tell you the truth, guys. The poor widow has given more than all of the others who are making contributions. For they gave, the others that gave a contribution, they gave only a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything that she had to live on. Everything she had to live on. She lived a lifestyle of a give-it-all woman. She understood a principle, which was this, it all belongs to God. That's part of what it means. But lastly, it's Jesus. Jesus is the best example I can give you. Jesus is the ultimate example of a give-it-all kind of a lifestyle. He knew the pain that he was going to face when he came to this earth to give his life on the cross, but he gave it away anyways. Jesus, he knew the level of dedication that it was going to require. And when he said yes, he meant it because he kept saying yes throughout the journey. Even when it got difficult, he kept saying yes. And Jesus also knew that humanity would curse him and that they would reject him. But he came and he gave his life away nevertheless. That's a great example of what it means to live this lifestyle before God of it all belongs to you. My life is not my own. My life is in your hands because Jesus literally gave his life away. He gave his life away. See, that's what God's asking us to do. Give our life away. I got one last thing I'll leave you with when it comes to this give it all lifestyle that I think might be an encouragement to you. My wife and I recently were on vacation and um, we were on a beach. We were just hanging out, you know, loving the beach. Except for this day, there had been a storm out at sea and the waves were crashing in on this beach like I have never seen at any beach I'd ever been to. It's the kind of things you would see on TV. These waves, and this is not some exaggeration, these waves were, you know, coming in and swelling to like seven to ten feet. And they were, you know, were crusting over. They were the type of wave that you could ride a, you know, a surfboard on or a, a boogie board on. And you could get inside of the wave probably for a short moment before it completely collapses on itself. These waves were intense. All right? And I'm sitting there on the beach and people are wading into the water about waist deep. And the wave is coming and boom, it's crushing them. And people are getting up and you know, they're wiping sand out of their face and picking you know, fish out of their hair. And they're just loving it. 
right? They're just like, this is awesome. This is amazing. And I'm sitting on the beach and I, I'm sleeping every once in a while, you know, and I'm looking out there and I'm thinking to myself, the younger Jeff in me is going, dude, you got to get out there. I mean, this is awesome. You got to experience this. I mean, come on. You know, you, you live one time and here you are and here's these waves. Come on, let's get out there. And so I turn to my wife and I go, honey, come on, let's go out there. Let's feel the power of that wave. And she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Is it safe? Sure it is. Come on. They've been out there all day. They're still alive. How hard can it be? You know? I mean, we're sober. They're drunk. They're, if, this should be a cakewalk for us. And so, so she goes, okay, well, let's go. So we, we get out there and we kind of go waist deep and here comes the wave. And it just is like, boom, it just knocks you to the ground. And you get back up and you high five one another. You're like, we're still alive. This is awesome. We're still alive. So there you are. And, you know, you're, you're, I, I, at one point I'm just like a dolphin. You know? I just dive into the wave and the wave goes by and I go, I conquered you, wave. And then, bam, you get hit by the next one. And so you're out there and we're, we're playing and we're just having fun. And, but what we didn't realize was that there was this intense you know, rip current. There was this intense undertow. And it kept slowly pulling us farther and farther out. And then all of a sudden, a wave came, and I dove through it like I dove through the other ones. Except for when I came back up this time, <clears throat> slightly disoriented, and you figure out where you're at, I look over and I see this buoy. Now, this buoy, when I was standing on the, on the shore, this buoy was a long ways out there. And I'm like, wow, that buoy's a long ways out there. Now the buoy's like within arm's reach of me. And all of a sudden, I realized for the very first time, I can't feel the ground anymore. And the waves, they keep, they keep coming, and we're swelling up, and they're not crashing on us right now. And I turn to my wife, and I just say these words, swim! <laughs> swim with all of your might, right? And she starts swimming. She's like, you know, and I'm swimming, I'm swimming on my back, you know, just trying to watch for the next wave so I can tell us like, what to do. And we're not going anywhere. The buoy is just right there. And I just keep going, swim, honey, swim, right? And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a wave just, it crashes a little farther out. And it picks us up and it starts hurling us towards the shore. And I'm just like, you know, when we get out of that, I grab a hold of my wife by the arm. And, she's, and, and we're trying to swim. And I'm like, swim. She's like, let go of me. And I go, I will not let go of you. I don't care, I'm not letting go. And we're like swimming and another wave comes and it throws us closer to the shore. And then I start to try to stand up and I can feel the sand again. But I'm about chest deep and I'm like, honey, put your feet down. And she's like, I can't put my feet down, right? Because she, she's like a, like a, I don't know, something floating on the water and I'm just trying to pull her and she's trying to get sucked out and I'm trying to fight against the current and walk and then pretty soon... Another wave comes, it pushes us slightly closer and she can get her feet down and now we're fighting together to get out of this water while the water is pushing against us. And when we make it out, we turn around and we're like, let's not go, let's not go back there anymore. <laughs> and we just stood there and stared at the ocean in awe of its power. That rip current is a lot like sin. It's trying to pull you away from God's presence. You want to live a give-it-all lifestyle? You're going to have to be like Jeff and Kim, who were in that ocean, foolishly got a little too far away from the shore, and decided, this is not where we want to live. We want to live at the center of God's will. We started swimming with all of our might. 
And even when it didn't feel like we were getting anywhere, we kept swimming. See, what God's asking from you and from me is this. Fight with everything inside of you to get to the center of his will. And you know what you're going to find all along the way? The encouragement and the nudging of his spirit like a wave that comes and it keeps pushing you in the direction of the center of his will. But you got to keep fighting even when you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. Even when it feels like you're just swimming and you're going nowhere. you got to keep fighting spiritually. you got to keep going after God with everything inside of you and let God take care of the rest. Well, how do I stay at the center, Jeff? Keep fighting spiritually and let God take care of the rest. Don't give up because you get a little defeat. Don't give up because you don't feel God anymore. Don't give up because you read his word for a, for a week and it's like no fresh revelation. Don't give up. Keep searching and hunting and fighting your way to the center of God's will and let the Holy Spirit take care of the rest. What's your job? Keep fighting. Keep pursuing him. Keep your eyes focused on him and let him take care of the rest. Why don't you stand with me today as we move into a time of worshiping God and seeking God. Let's press into God today. Would you please pray with me? Father, we come before you and we're just simple human beings with flaws, failures. There's times when we've drifted away from the center and the rip current of sin has pulled us away and it's embarrassing to admit that. It happens so quickly, we don't even realize it. And then before we know it, where sin has separated us from you and we're wondering to ourselves, how do we ever get back? God, today you're encouraging us because you, God, want us to live at the center of your will more than probably we ever wanted to. And Lord, I pray for everyone that hears my voice today that we'd be people that fight to get to the center of your will, that we would strive after it, hunger after it, have a passion for you, God. Have a desire like Jacob did, which said, I'm just going to hang on to God. I'm not going to let go. Or like Moses, who said, I'm not taking another step, God, unless your spirit goes with me. Or like the woman who was giving and said, you know, this is all I have to give, and I'm giving it all away to you. Or Lord, just like your son Jesus, who ultimately gave up everything that he had. as He gave his life on the cross. And it was no longer living for anything else but you. God, may we be that way. Holy Spirit, encourage this congregation today in our time of worship and help them sense you crashing like a wave upon them, pushing them ever so closely to the center of God's will. In Jesus' name, amen.